What's up, everybody? Welcome to Monday and welcome into the Robert Williams Appreciation Hour, otherwise known today as the NBA Strategy Show with Greg Ehrenberg. For the first time in a couple of weeks, I'm Adam Kaufman. Thrilled to be back with you. Hopefully everybody had a great weekend. we got an eight-game slate they are, we are uh, going to look ahead to over the course of the next hour, of course, to get your questions, your thoughts, or comments in in the YouTube channel right there in the chat or, of course, in the Osmo Premium Slack channel. And we'll hit on everything that is relevant, maybe the occasional irrelevant thing as well. So long as it's, you know, funny and entertaining and not mean. How are you, buddy? Well, I mean, the, the Celtics get slightly above 500, and you're, and you're all excited about the third center on the depth chart. <laughs> it's just a matter of time, matter of time before this guy's starting. I've been saying it for years, and eventually I'm going to be right. You know, I mean, I would really appreciate that because uh, I have he's I think he's my most exposed center in a DraftKings best ball contest. But just on that, I, I do like the upside of him. He's been a really good fantasy producer when he's been on the court. And right. I agree with you. I think he is the Celtics best center. Um, I think there's some reason they don't want to give him extended minutes. I thought I thought there was some medical reason or something, but I don't. Yeah, he, he should is. just be he, he should just be starting. What what is that medical situation? So he had a uh, a big hip issue that caused him to miss like 50 games last year. Only played in 30 over the course of the entire season. You know, obviously the pandemic stoppage in the middle, but you know, front to back playoffs excluded. Just regular season only played in 30 games, and so they're just really worried. You know, I was listening to. Coach Brad Stevens talked about this after the game last night. They're just really concerned about his health long-term and ramping up his minutes too much before the playoffs do roll around. Because like you said, there's upside there. They want him to be available come the postseason and not burn him out right now, which is kind of crazy to think about when you're talking about a, you know, a 23 year old kid, but obviously they are really concerned about the medical elements. So the, the minutes are going to go up and up, you know, Stevens at least tipped his hand there, but I don't think, you know, I, I think we are a, a long ways, like not this season, a long ways away from talking about Robert Williams playing 35 minutes in a game or something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got one of my favorite nicknames in the NBA because Time Lord from the from the time that he was oversleeping practices his rookie year. That's uh, right. that's maybe my favorite nickname in, in all of sports, actually. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Uh, and and he had lost his wallet. There was a, a whole lot that went wrong when he uh, ent- entered the NBA, was trying to figure stuff out. And uh, our guy, Jordan, fittingly enough, our, our producer here, uh, I, 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 want, I don't want to misquote him because it was just that good. Uh, where is it? Yeah, so I, I had said to him, I, you know, after the I tweeted something, whatever it was, about Williams last night, and he just writes back, Time Lord season on Twitter. I said, full Adam, hour on him tomorrow morning or is, or is 55 minutes, you know, appropriate he said there's no time limit when you're speaking about the lord of it there we go yeah i'm, I'm happy i'm yeah. happy we reread your conversation that was <laughs> just, oh just just wait you want to hear about some others let's let's dive real deep i'll, I'll read you a whole thread <laughs> all right we're gonna get to obviously eight games i would have like i would have turned off my computer and walked away yeah you're just done <laughs> see, see you later anyway and so uh what'd you think of that greg 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 <laughs> Where's, where'd he go? So I was only reading that for 20 minutes. Looking ahead to tonight's slate, and uh, naturally there is some star power. It's it's a medium-sized slate, like I said. You have Giannis, you have Harden, you have Joker, LeBron, Luka, Westbrook, who obviously is coming off that 80-plus point fantasy night. Uh, you got Steph Curry, and then you start to get down to another tier with like Randall and Beal and Fox, Kawhi, guys like that. Who stands out to you most tonight as far as guys you're most inclined to roster knowing full well as we always say things can change over the next several hours 
Yeah, it's pretty hard to not target Giannis as the top payup option on the slate. Playing in Washington, the total for that game is 241. Uh, so it's the largest total on the slate. The second closest is uh, Sacramento-Charlotte has a 239 total, but then there's not even another game that's uh, close to the 230 range. So uh, Milwaukee-Washington, that's expected to be the fastest-paced game by far. And then we've got Giannis, who's uh, been the best points per minute fantasy producer in the league over the last couple of years. Maybe some people might look at that game and say, like, oh, blowout risk. But, I mean, it's an eight-and-a-half-point spread, so I don't really think it's at all that much of a risk of a blowout. Like, for instance, I think a lot of people – might want to pay up for uh, James Harden tonight, but the Nets are eight and a half point favorites over the Knicks. So uh, same exact blowout risk there as there is in the Milwaukee Washington game. So Giannis is going to be the player that I plan on spending up for the most tonight. All right. Before we jump in, obviously on these games, just want to remind you that this show is brought to you by our friends at No House Advantage. Of course, our new sponsor here, taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across, naturally, the NBA, NFL. When that returns, Major League Baseball, which is uh, already underway with spring training contests, and PGA coming off the Players' Championship, and all for cash prizes. Now, this exclusively peer-to-peer fantasy sports platform, it levels the playing field, makes it easier for you to win real cash as compared with your traditional DFS sites. Now, the best part, you can join for free today, okay? Join for free today. Seriously, you can download the No House Advantage app and use the promo code AWESOMO. It is just that simple to receive a match deposit bonus up to $20. Eligible for all users. Beat your friends, not the house, and win big with player props today. So we won't uh, dink around too much. Maybe we will. Hard to say. we got about 50 minutes, like I said. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. It is greatly appreciated. We're making our push. It's going to take a little bit, but we want to get to 75,000 subscribers on the YouTube page. Naturally, we hit 50 not too long ago, and that was a huge milestone. But typically, when you hit a milestone, it's, you know, on to the next. It's, it's like Tom Brady in those championship rings. You know, which, which one's most important to you? The next one. So let's go into Sacramento and Charlotte here, Greg. Uh, starting here with the road team, the Kings. You could, like I said earlier, De'Aaron Fox, he's he's never really in a bad spot per se. But are you more inclined to look at Rashawn Holmes, uh, you know, pay down options like Marvin Bagley, even Tyrese Halliburton, guys like that? Uh, so Tyrese Halliburton's been playing on a minutes restriction. So for now, it's going to be really hard to trust him. Uh, coming out of the All-Star break in the last two games, he has played 19 and 24 minutes. So until we find out that he's going to be playing his full, you know, normal, like 28 to 32 minutes, it's going to be tough to trust him, especially because of the price tag. It's not like it's gone down a significant amount. So as a payup option, De'Aaron Fox, uh, stronger play on FanDuel than DraftKings for me, because on FanDuel, we're able to roster uh, Fox at 9,000, and we need to roster uh, two point guards on on Fanduel, whereas on DraftKings at ninety one hundred, where it's a little bit more price sensitive, I find it a little harder to get to him. Uh, like I said, I really like Giannis as a payup option, and there's other guys who are not all that much more expensive than De'Aaron Fox that I think have uh, much higher upside and players who I project to score a lot more fantasy points. So for the Kings, uh, Fox more of a Fanduel option. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is somebody that I think is worth getting exposure to on both sites. Uh, so Rashawn Holmes, we've seen a little bit of an uptick in his playing time as of late. And partially that's because Hassan Whiteside's been out. It's also just mm-hmm. because he's been the best big man on the team by a pretty wide margin, especially with uh, Bagley struggling and not developing as much as expected this year. But coming out of the all-star break, 35 minutes in each of the last two games for Rashawn Holmes. So considering his points per minute production, I think that Rashawn Holmes is going to be somebody who's pretty difficult to get past in, 
in a game that is such a high total. Heald, Barnes, not as intrigued by them? Not really, um, especially because we have eight games on the slate. So I don't just want to shout out everybody that I think is a marginal play. Uh, it, it's not to say that if you're playing them, you have to take them out of your lineups. But at least when there's eight games on the slate, in the interest of not just listing a player pool, it's 150 players. Um, I'm just going to try to focus on the guys who, in the initial builds I have, are guys that I'm actually getting a decent amount of exposure to. And that is Rashawn Holmes, and that is uh, De'Aaron Fox on FanDuel, who is in about 20% of my lineups in my initial build on FanDuel. So he's somebody who I expect I'm going to have a, a fairly decent amount of exposure to, but there's nobody else here that's coming out at a, at a significant amount for me. From Boob here in the chat, uh, why does it look like Adam woke up one minute ago? All I could say is uh, you should see me when I really did wake up a minute ago and how bad that looks. Like I'm, I'm just a, a naturally squinty guy, Greg. So if, if that's what we're talking about, the, the eyes being all slitzy, naturally squinty guy. But the uh, yeah, the, the, the when I actually have rolled out of bed and done the show, that's 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 a painful look. That's when you got to hide it with the Laffy hat. You know what I mean? The YouTube chat is very observant. It, it's really funny too because there was there was a point in time where we were considering like, hey, let's try to find a streaming platform that gives us better picture quality. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, and, and we were having we were having issues with it with it working at first. I think like, does anybody really care what we look like? Like we're, we're doing, we're doing DFS shows. We're just talking right. about basketball, like in the morning, does anybody care? But then every day I go on and check the YouTube chat and that's all people talk about is our appearance, my, my hair, what our, what our facial complexion look. So yeah. it, it seems that people really do care. They want to know how much sleep you got. It's, it's a big deal to people. Not much was up too late watching TV. <laughs> Shark killer says my man, Adam looks like he's about to fall over in his chair. <laughs> LOL. So we got the theme on our hands here, Greg. It's true though. I remember when uh, like, you know, news anchors, TV personalities, when obviously years ago, uh, however long ago it was 10, 15 years ago, when HD became more of a, you know, mainstream as opposed to this like cool new technology and everyone was freaking out over, wait a minute. So, so now they're going to get, get a better look at all our wrinkles and imperfections in our fit. And we're going to have to wear that much more makeup and all that stuff. It's true. You know, this, this is what you run into when you, when you want to go out and get a nice camera to, to show yourself. <laughs> Yeah, these are the uh, hey, look. I mean these these are the these are the glorious lives we live right here, right? Like I'm I'm doing this at at a at a bedroom until my office and my house is done being fixed up. You're doing it in the right in front of the world's largest DVD collection. Yeah, so in the these movie are studio it's, here. Yeah, exactly. We need we need to have these high def cameras. Let's go to Charlotte, other side of that game here, and uh, Lamelo Ball. Always love to roster Lamelo Ball. I don't feel like tonight is necessarily the night to do that though. Uh, especially when, I mean, Gordon Hayward is in a better spot in terms of 5X projected value and significantly cheaper than Ball. You could pay way down, look to the likes of uh, Cody Zeller, Miles Bridges, guys like that. Charlotte, it's it's always interesting playing anyone from Charlotte in those rare times that this team is completely healthy, which is what we're dealing with right now, obviously barring any changes going into tonight. What's your approach to the Hornets? Well, the team is not completely healthy because Terry Rogier, Terry Rogier is questionable to play. Okay. He has a uh, leg injury. It's pretty interesting, though, looking at the numbers when he's off the court this year. Like, obviously, there's going to be minutes to allocate, but in terms of rate changes, it doesn't really do anything for anybody. The usage remains fairly the same when he's on or off the court. The only guy who gets a decent usage bump is Miles Bridges. He gets a 2.1% usage increase when Terry Rogier is off the court, but Miles Bridges typically doesn't play too many minutes to the point that he's all that significant of a play anyway. 
Uh, Devontae Graham, maybe he ends up having his minutes restriction lifted. That would make him a viable play if Terry Rozier's out. But as of now, Devontae Graham coming back from the All-Star break, him also coming back from an injury, he was dealing with uh, uh, some some sort of knee soreness, some, some injury I can't pro- I, I can't pronounce. He was dealing with that before the All-Star break. Sore, soreness. Uh, no, it was uh, a okay. knee patella femoral discomfort, I think yes. was officially what it was called. But That's what do I know? I'm no, I'm no doctor. Uh, but anyway, coming back from the All-Star break, he's only played 18 minutes in each of the last two games. So even if Rogier's out, I can't expect that Devontae Graham's going to play significant minutes unless we hear otherwise. Uh, so I, I don't really think the Rogier injury is as significant as it might seem to be at first glance. Uh, Lomelo Ball, even though it's a really up-paced matchup and he's played really well so far this year, the uh, the price tag's accounting for that. He's really expensive on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I'd rather roster De'Aaron Fox in the same price range. So the only guy I really have a moderate amount of interest in here is Gordon Hayward, and that's more because of positional scarcity. Uh, but outside of that, I, I don't really think I'm going to be getting a whole lot of exposure to Charlotte, even though this is a game that uh, is projected to have a whole bunch of points scored. Steven would be perfectly content with us, I think, just being silhouettes or voices in the dark. He says, I'm happy only getting the gist of you guys. Uh, where Jason says, Laffy's teeth, so bright, which is the weirdest dig I've ever heard. Like, who wouldn't want bright white chiclets? Well, I, I don't even know if that's meant as a dig. I think it's just a general observation. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be all in for the bright white teeth. I'm good on that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Jason, you know, this is exactly Greg's point from before in terms of what you feel like you need to see with us or nhd and all he says it's dfs not porn adam i my mean point. hey for, for some people for some people exactly it's both. Point. for some people it's both right i mean who doesn't <laughs> like watching that cody zeller play basketball no i think they're talking about us <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I, I mean hey, it's, it's whatever you make it out to be you know each their own shark killer observing your uh doogie hauser baby fro which i think is fairly accurate actually uh I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Like, so Doogie Howser, like I know that's Neil Patrick Harris, but beyond that, like I, th- th- that reference kind of dates me. Yeah. A little before your time. That's, that's Just right. My bit. wheelhouse, really enjoyable show watching the 13 year old doctor <laughs> in uh, inevitably somebody's going to remake it because we're out of creative ideas here in 2021 next game, Milwaukee and Washington. And uh, thank you all for joining us. Hit the like button. If you're having any semblance of fun whatsoever. And if you're not, uh, well, I guess just leave, but we'd rather you just stick around. For the Bucks. like you said, Giannis is Giannis. He is projected for about 60 fantasy points. He's priced up, but you expect that. He is projected for north of 5X value, about 5.5. Uh, Brooke Lopez is uh, significantly cheaper, about a third of the price, and is in a good spot for what it's worth for people thinking about more of a value center at that spot. Uh, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, probably not their day, at least, uh, you know, in terms of projections anyway. So is it kind of Giannis or bust for you here on the Milwaukee side? Uh, so I actually like Drew Holiday a lot for this slate. Uh, so number one, it is an up-paced matchup going up against the Wizards. And I, I'm i not sure there's been a single time all year that I've been on Drew Holiday. Uh, in general, playing with the Bucks this year, his usage has been down from what we saw last year with the Pelicans. His rate numbers are down. So even when he's on the court, he's scoring less fantasy points per minute because as opposed to being a top option in the Pelicans offense, he is now just third fiddle on the box. So not as much usage going to him. And then his playmaking is, is also not, he's not as involved in uh, assisting and a lower assist rate this year than he had last year. But with all that said, he came back from the all-star break and he was dealing with COVID um, for a while. He missed like two or three weeks or something like that. 
Uh, but he came back playing limited minutes. So from prior to the All-Star break to even after the All-Star break, these are the minutes for uh, Drew Holiday over the last five games. 17, 18, 23, 25. But then he played 32 minutes last game against the Wizards. So I'm going to expect again that we see him 32, maybe even more minutes because the way they've been, they've been ramped up. Obviously, there's a cap. It's not like a point where it's like, oh, my God, he plays four more minutes every game. He's going to be playing 70 minutes in a week. Like, it's not going to continue to go up, and we're pretty close to reaching the ceiling. But even so, if we can expect a full allotment of minutes from Drew Holiday, and now he's going to be playing somewhere in the neighborhood of you know, 32, 33, 34 minutes, his price tag is way down on both FanDuel and DraftKings because of the limited minutes that he was playing before. And his ownership doesn't really bear that out, at least in the initial projections. Uh, FanDuel, he's only at 5,800, and he's projected for right around 15% ownership. And then on DraftKings, Drew Holiday is 6,500 and projected for 6% ownership. So at those at those price tags and that minimal amount of ownership and a positive matchup against the Wizards in a game that is the highest total on the slate, I think that Drew Holiday is a good GPP play. He's going a little bit overlooked because I think he has uh, much more upside than what his current ownership indicates. I know I like Narrative Street more than you. I've you know I I rent there. I, sometimes I consider owning there. I I often I frequently shop along Narrative Street. And here in this game, I talked before about uh, you know Brook Lopez being in a good spot again good projections. We'll see if he actually delivers and he's cheaper. So not a huge loss if he doesn't perform. On the other side, you have, of course, Robin Lopez, his brother, who is also from our own Alex Baker, Osmo himself, projected to be in a good spot. Now, Russell Westbrook, he's coming off that huge game, like I said, 80-plus fantasy points, but Bradley Beal was not out there. Beal is projected, is expected to be back here for this one. So, you know, sort of brings down the value of both of those guys. I'm not saying that Lopez is going to go out and outperform either of them. We're just talking about spending your money the right way. Do you like either of the Lopez's in this one? Not really. Um, so, I mean, like in, in the first builds I have, I do have some exposure to Robin Lopez. However, I kind of assume that's just a placeholder because at this point early in the day, it's usually hard to find a whole lot of value. Mm. And then what I end up finding is there's a, there, there'll be guys who are, kind of okay looking plays like guys would be like, Oh, this guy's close to mid price. And I haven't scoring like 18 or 19 DraftKings points. Therefore, when I'm building lineups early in the day, just for the purpose of talking about them on the show, they're not lineups that are going to be finalized or anything like that. Those guys end up in my player pool, but then 99% of the time, somebody gets ruled out at the one thirty or five thirty injury report. And there's just better value plays. And those guys don't end up making it in. So I assume that Robin Lopez, even though he's in like 10% of my lineups right now, that's probably going to be 0% by the time we get to lock. Uh, there are a couple injuries here. Davis Bertans is questionable. Hot Will Neto is questionable. Uh, I don't really think either of them have a massive amount of significance on the slate, though. If they're in, uh, they're not guys I'm going to roster. If they're out, I don't think it opens up value for me to want to roster somebody else, though, uh, just because so much of the fantasy production on Washington comes from Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, and they're both such ball-dominant players that nobody else really gets a whole lot of touches. Uh, but then even on this slate, even though this is a game also really high total, I, I much prefer the Milwaukee side to the Washington side. Uh, there's so many stars on the slate that I'm not really getting to Russell Westbrook or Bradley Beal right now. You mentioned it more of a pay, uh, pay up game, a uh, highest spread um, or what was I going to say here? The highest, uh, highest total on the slate. Yeah. Highest total, highest over under 241 points looking at the books right now. That's, you know, general, the obviously it ranges from book to book, but that's the highest number on the slate right now. So 
as things stand and you know you said it i've said it like things are going to change over the course of the day this is just kind of the wet your whistle show basically in terms of you know what looks good right now it's you want to get into the tip off later on the nba you know live before lock and and see what's coming at you and what changes are made just as we approach lock but as things sit right now how much is is this a game you're going to target do you think just between the both sides knowing that it is a pace-up game uh so I mean, Giannis is one of my is my favorite payup option right now, and then Drew Holiday is one of my favorite contrarian plays at his current projected ownership. But I don't really like anybody on Washington as a points per dollar play. And then, like I said, with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, even though it is a pace up spot, I'm going to prioritize Giannis over both of them. I'm going to prioritize Jokic over both of them. So there's going to be other payup options I prefer, and that's going to mean that Washington is not a big part of of my player pool, and unless something changes, right? Because We've seen Bradley Beal randomly get downgraded to questionable and ruled out in, in recent games. Uh, Russell Westbrook's rested a time. So if Westbrook or Beal were to be out, then I would like the other one a lot. But at least as of now, I'm not getting either, either of them a ton. Folks, if you are not able to watch your favorite Osmo shows, first of all, for shame, how dare you? And uh, it's okay, really. If you can't watch us live, you can go back on the YouTube page. They're all archived. They're right there. You know, you could watch an NBA strategy show from three weeks ago if you wanted to. I don't know why in the world you would do that, but you could. It's available to you. We make things easier for you. But on top of that, you have the Osmo Podcast Network. Every YouTube show available through that podcast network. We've got a podcast for every sport available on every major platform as well for you to subscribe. Head on over to Osmo.com slash podcast check out the very latest of course if you leave us a five-star rating and review on our podcast with your twitter handle or email address you will be eligible to win a free week of osmo plus platinum one winner will be awarded every friday and reviews will be eligible uh, to win for up to one year of that free subscription as well so best of luck to you i promise people are reading these things so uh, go on in, do that, and uh, who knows? You could save yourself a lot of money in the long run and use those tools to then make a lot of money as well. So it's it's good news for you across the board. Let's keep going. We got uh, the Battle of New York, Greg. How excited are the people out there for this one? Let's start on the Knicks side. You got Emmanuel Quickly, who is actually in a really good spot tonight, projected for almost 6x value, uh, obviously behind Julius Randle, and not that he's expected to have the production that Randle's going to have, but again, salary very relevant here and he's basically half the price so you have quickly you have rj barrett who's in a good spot alec burks reggie bullock these guys are in a good spot not so much nerland's noel who we've spent some time on in the past how much of these you know how, how much are you drawn to these value guys as opposed to like i said they're at the top of the heap julius randall all right so here's the injury report for the knicks uh mitchell robinson remains out alfred payton is uh doubtful play derrick rose is still out because of covid so there are minutes that open up in the Knicks' backcourt. The immediate guy that I want to get to is Emmanuel Quickly because he's been such a good player for the Knicks this year. And, I mean, he's having an incredible rookie year. He, he looks like the steal of the draft and arguably the second or third best player in the draft class. Like, LaMelo Ball is clearly number one. And then I think Tyrese Halliburton and Emmanuel Quickly, those guys are the second and third best players in the class. The only thing that gives me some pause with Quickly is that his minutes are so inconsistent. Tom Thibodeau has hesitated to play him massive minutes. So the last three games, for instance, he has played 12 minutes, 24, and 33. He played 33 last game, and that's certainly in the cards because he did it a game ago. It could happen again. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays 12 minutes either, though. So I'm going to have quickly in my player pool, and I'm going to get a healthy amount of exposure to him. But 
I'm not going to go ahead and just lock quickly into a whole bunch of my lineups because if, if I do that, I, I run myself the risk of he only plays 12 minutes again. So uh, I didn't, I don't really know what to do with in terms of projecting his minutes. I gave him 26 for now, uh, but I don't think I'm going to be right. I think he's either going to go way above the number. I think he's going to go under the number. I'm just trying to give him a, a, an amount of minutes in terms of projection where it gives me an amount of exposure to my lineups that I feel comfortable with. And right now, uh, just running through what my exposure is to him uh, on my first build, um, I have him in about 30% of my lineups. And that's something that is a good amount of exposure, but I, I feel like no matter what I, what, no matter how much I roster him, I'm going to look back at it at the end of the slate and think it's dumb, right? Like he's either going to play, I think he's going to play 32 minutes and be one of the best plays on the slate and be like, ah, crap, I should play quickly in all my lineups. Or it'll be like Thibodeau only plays him 13 minutes again. He doesn't do that much. Be like, why did I roster quickly at all as a chalk play? Uh, So I'm kind of splitting the difference right now. And that's why I have him in about a third of my lineups. It's probably somebody I'm going to try to match the field with on uh, just because I I don't want to be too over or underexposed to a player whose production is just solely relying on the whims of a coach who doesn't really have a whole lot of consistency in his rotation. So it, it is really difficult to project the minutes for the Knicks guys, but uh, quickly, definitely somebody who on the surface, I at least want to have in my player pool a decent amount. And then also for cash games, even with there being so in, so much inconsistency in his minutes, if he's going to end up being a massive chalk play, which I think there's a pretty good chance that happens, then you want to play him in cash anyway, because if he's going to be, you know, 50, 60% owned in cash games, you don't want to fade somebody with that kind of upside. Uh, Shark says quickly is going to be an easy play because Frankie Nick can't play dead in the Western. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, who else do we have here? Um, some people call him tips and idiots uh, quickly keeps burning me because of his minutes. Not going there says William to your point. Obviously I can fade quickly for Levert says Antoine fade quickly says Aaron Gambit wants to know if Terry Rozier's out. We don't know. He is questionable. So uh, yeah, certainly some people are a little unsure of how to approach quickly tonight. So you're not alone. Yeah, and then uh, to the point somebody brought up Levert. Levert on FanDuel is a vastly different play than him on DraftKings. We'll talk about the Pacers later. But yeah, on on FanDuel, Levert is going to be somebody who's in 100% of my lineups. And um, it's it's really hard to get away from. But we have to roster two shooting guards on FanDuel, so you could very well roster quickly with Levert. Hit the like button, folks. Let's go to the other side of this game, the Nets. So James Harden, Kyrie Irving, again, those are the studs. You don't have Kevin Durant for this one. You don't have Blake Griffin for this one. So either of these guys, I mean, always capable of putting up 60, 70 fantasy points. That's not the projection tonight. Harden is projected for right around 55. Irving actually barely over 40. A little surprised by that. So he's not in the best spot, uh, again, based on projections about four and a half X value, five X value for Harden. No great value options. Again, as we sit here right now, what's the appeal to you on the net side? Um, Marginal interest in James Harden and Kyrie Irving, but not priority plays for me. The Knicks have been a very difficult matchup this year. So uh, for fantasy purposes, going up against the Knicks, as much as we just talked about, Hey, Tom Thibodeau, his rotations are really annoying. He's the Knicks playing really good defense. The Knicks are fifth in the NBA in defensive efficiency And in terms of pace, they're playing at the slowest pace in the league. So this is one of the toughest matchups any team could draw for DFS purposes. Uh, So with that in mind, I don't think that anybody from the Nets is a high priority play for me. Uh, James Harden and Kyrie Irving aren't outright fades. Uh, The rest of the role players probably not going to make into my player pool, but I'm going to be underweight to the field on both Harden and Irving. And then the other thing also, 
on Fanduel, we've already talked about Lavert's a really good play at shooting guard. Quickly, somebody want to get exposure to at shooting guard. So that's going to pinch Harden a little bit, and I'm going to prefer to spend up elsewhere. Uh, so Harden, a little bit of a more viable play on DK than Fanduel, but once again, I'm going to be underweight to the field on him. This is a massive pace down spot for the Nets. That and the Knicks have a much better defense than anybody would expect. Like I said, fifth in the league in defense efficiency while playing at the slowest pace in the league. That's uh, that's just death for fantasy output. It's a question for you that, uh, you know, and, and singularly you, not only because I sit here with just you, but because you're there, you're in New York. You know, some of, I was reading, uh, I don't remember who wrote it, but a few different people were kind of tweeting about uh, just the, the the Nets and the fan approach toward the Nets in New York City in general. So not Nets fans, New York City in general was just the this irrelevance of the Nets, despite obviously all the star power, despite, you know, the championship hopes. People saying, even if they go out and win a title, like people of New York, they just won't care. It's going to be more about like what's going on with the, the Mets and Yankees by that point. Is that true? I mean, it, I, we know the, the national attention, obviously, on the Nets and, and how the NBA looks at the Nets. But in terms of fans in the greater New York City area, is, is there relevance to that statement? I have no clue. Uh, and here's the other thing also. That's, that's also a lot of bitter Knicks who are, who are trying to de- – they're, they're mentally preparing themselves for the Nets to be good this year and make a title run. Right. Because that's really what there's that's really what Knicks fans are terrified of is that the Nets will actually be good. And then they'll like if if the Nets win the championship, there's going to be it's going to be flooded with like Knicks fans at the parade, just trying to discredit the whole thing and be like, look, we're Knicks fans and we're here. And it's going to be like it would be the same thing if 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 the Clippers won a title in Los Angeles, like Lakers Mm -hmm. fans would show up to. Lakers fans would show up to the parade to tell everybody that nobody cares because they really do care a lot. <laughs> and it would be, it would be the exact same situation if the Nets were to win a championship, but also here's something that makes it really hard to know is I would look at, um, I would look at attendance numbers to really try to gauge the validity of that and say like, Hey, are people showing up to the Nets games? Because at least historically in the past, especially when the Nets were in New Jersey, even when they were really good, nobody nobody cared and didn't go to the games. They were still among the lowest in the league in attendance. I can't do that for this year because we, right. we don't have we, we don't have full crowds. So that's to me what would be the barometers. I would go look at like, all right, what are the cost of Nets games and are people showing up in masses to go see the games? I don't I don't have that to go off of. So other than that, it's just Knicks fans who are loudly proclaiming on Twitter that nobody cares about the Nets. Meanwhile, Knicks fans are talking about the Nets more than they talk about the Knicks right now anyway, which I think is a pretty good indicator of, of if they really care or not. I think they're very terrified that the, that the Nets are going to win a title. We'll go to the next game in a second. We've got a handful still to go on this eight-game slate here. So thank you for being with us. Smash that like. We're almost at 100, and we got about 450 people watching. So that's a pretty good ratio. I think we can get to that number pretty easily there. So hit the like button. Appreciate you. To celebrate the NBA's second half, which, of course, is underway, we do have a special deal for all first-time users of Osmo Plus. You can get 50% off an Osmo Plus weekly pass when you use the promo code SHAMROCK at checkout. That is $15 for full Osmo Plus access to all DFS sports, including naturally NBA, PGA, NHL, NASCAR, MMA, soccer, esports, all of it, baby. This also includes access to all our new college basketball DFS package here. Projections from March Madness, DFS contests, and that tourney getting underway later on this week. So that's fun and exciting. This offer is for first-time users only. It is valid through March 17th. That is just a couple more days. Stop guessing, start winning, join 
Awesome O plus today. We appreciate you, obviously. Let's go to the next game here, and that is San Antonio and Detroit. Now, the Spurs, as we sit here, and I keep harping on that because it's I can't remind you enough. Things change over the course of the day. But at this moment, Spurs look like a great play. Virtually anybody other than, you know, Rudy Gay. It's DeJounte Murray with uh, DeMar DeRozan not out there. Uh, Jacob Podol, you got uh, Derek White, Keldon Johnson is in a solid spot in terms of projections. Pay down Patty Mills, guys like that. As we know, LaMarcus Aldridge is now completely irrelevant and gone. So just how much value and opportunity does exist here for the Spurs for you tonight? I don't know, because uh, DeMar DeRozan is questionable to play. So uh, his dad passed away. He's been away from the team uh, attending, I think it was a like, private personal service or something like that. Uh, that took place on Friday. He missed Friday's game, obviously. And then he also missed yesterday's game. It's totally unknown. We don't have an update on whether he's going to be with the team or not tonight. So uh, for now, I, I did notice that Alex has DeRozan marked out in his projections. That doesn't mean DeRozan's out, though. It's just something we don't have any clue whether he's going to be playing or not. And we're not going to know until we get an update on him. But that's going to have such a massive impact on the value and the players that are viable for the Spurs and I just feel like I don't have enough information here right now. The other thing also that's notable is uh, Derek White is not listed on the injury report, but he's yet to play in a back-to-back this season. So Derek White, who opened the season, he had, uh, I think it was a toe injury, and that caused him to miss the start of the season. He came back, he re-aggravated, he re-aggravated the injury, and then ended up getting hurt again after two games. And they've just been really cautious with him all year. He's yet to play in a back-to-back. So He's been healthy for a little while now, and we haven't had this kind of situation come up where the Spurs have played in back-to-back uh, games for a little bit. Uh, but I do think there's a decent chance they end up resting Derek White. We don't know the status of DeMar DeRozan. So this is kind of one that I'm just saying, like, hey, let's kick the can down the road and see uh, by the time live before lock, by the time the deeper dive, what does the Spurs injury report look like? Who's in, who's out? Because this is a game that has potential to have a ton of value. But then somebody like DeRozan himself can end up being a really good play. If DeRozan and White are both out, then DeJounte Murray is a really good play. And I just feel like there's not enough information now without knowing the status of two of the, like, four best players on the Spurs. All right, fair enough. Let's go to the other side then here for Detroit. Again, a lot of opportunity, a lot of good projections from Alex. Uh, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, DeLon Wright. You could look at Sadiq Bey, pay down Rodney Magruder. You know, all these guys are projected for 5X value. Magruder almost 6X, as a matter of fact. So what? Uh, really everyone other than Josh Jackson, Isaiah Stewart, a couple of guys like that. Who stands out to you here? Yeah, so the injury report for the Pistons, they recently uh, traded Sveen McCulloch for Hamadou Diallo, but Diallo is hurt, so he's, he's uh, not yet debuted for the Pistons, and he's probably not going to for another week or two, if not longer. So he's out. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., he's in the uh, health and safety, the COVID protocols. He's out. Uh, Killian Hayes remains out. Wayne Ellington is the latest addition to the injury report. He's dealing with a groin injury. And Wayne Ellington... Kind of weird to me that he's still on the Pistons. Pistons clearly a rebuilding team. I assume that Wayne Ellington is somebody who they're going to try to flip for like a second round pick or something like that at the trade deadline just to uh, get a little bit of value back from him and then open up playing time more for guys like uh, Saban Lee, Diallo, Josh Jackson. So uh, with all those guys out tonight, I agree there is a lot of value on Detroit. And this is also a game that I think makes for a pretty good stack option if we get some of those guys out on the Piston, on the uh, Spurs, because then there'd be a whole bunch of value on both sides of the game. And if it ends up being plated uh, at a, fa- a faster pace than expected, right now it's only projected for a uh, 215.5 point total, which is by far the lowest on the slate. But 
if we're going to have a bunch of guys out on both sides of the game, it kind of makes sense to load up on the game and you hope that it ends up being more of a shootout than the total suggests. And then we just have a bunch of guys exceeding their salary points. Uh, Jeremy Grant in my player pool right now, Dion Wright's in my player pool. Uh, Rodney Magruder is one of those guys. He falls into the same category of when we talked about um, Robin Lopez earlier, where at such a cheap price on DraftKings, I don't think we need to consider him on FanDuel at his, at his price, but at such a cheap price on DraftKings, Right now, if he ends up starting or ends up even coming off the bench and I end up projecting him to play, you know, 26, 27 minutes, he's going to come out projecting for around 20 fantasy points. He's going to look like a really good value play. But with that said, if other guys get ruled out early in the day, then Rodney Magruder would not be anywhere near one of the top value plays on the slate. But as of right now, he does look like the best cheap option for me on DraftKings. Uh, subject to change if there's somebody more viable that ends up getting extended run as a cheap play. Um but yeah, with all these guys out for the Pistons, basically anybody who's going to get extended run in the backcourt, I think is going to make for a good play. Uh, Dillon Wright is somebody who I'm getting to on both sites. Uh, like I mentioned, Ryan Magruder on DraftKings, Jeremy Grant on both sites, and then Josh Jackson is somebody who I like on uh, DraftKings, but not on FanDuel. We have a super chat to transition us well to the next game as we get to the halfway point of this slate here. Uh, Doans, Dowans, 89. Apologies if I'm saying that incorrectly, but uh, the super chat, any value with Batum, Noah Baca, 3,900 on FanDuel. What do you think? Um, I mean, we're going to get to that game in a second. Is that actually, is that the game you have next? Yep. That's the next game. Perfect transition from our super chat. Okay. So we could, so we could talk about, uh, we could talk about that right now. Abaka is not out. Abaka is currently questionable. The, uh, Last I looked at the injury report. So with Ibaka being questionable, that kind of throws the entire question he asked out the window a little bit anyway. So what happened with Ibaka, he got hurt during last night's game. He left. He did not start the second half. Ivica Zubas started the second half over him. But we don't know that he's in or out right now. Right now his list is questionable dealing with it was a back injury yesterday. Uh, something else to consider too. This is the tail end of a back-to-back and the – the Clippers absolutely got their asses kicked last night. They were down uh, by as much as like 30 points or something like that. So Stars didn't close the game anyway, but still to the end of a back-to-back, we could see either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard rest for that reason. Uh, I don't think Ibaka being out would impact Batum all that much for me. The guy that I want to roster is Zubats in that situation because Zubats started the second half in his place yesterday. Where Batum would become viable for me is if either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard rest since this is the tail end of a back-to-back. So what we know right now, obviously, is that at least we expect both to be in there. Obviously, that can change. Like Greg said, one of them could be ruled out, one of those stars, and then value opens up all over the place. But right now, with the expectation that both are out there, anybody that that you are drawn to on this Clipper side? Uh, So Paul George, even though he has a favorable price tag on FanDuel, uh, he's still not going to make it into a ton of my lineups just because we have Karis LeVert is a really strong play. And we talked about quickly before as a really strong play on FanDuel also. So those are going to be the two guys that I want to get to the most at shooting guard. Uh, So I'm not going to outright fade Paul George, but it's hard for me to get to him more than like, say, 10% of my lineups just because there are uh, cheaper shooting guards that I that I really like on FanDuel. And then on DraftKings, he's a bit more expensive. So Paul George at uh, 8200 on DraftKings isn't quite as strong a play for me. So as of right now, neither Kawhi Leonard nor nor Paul George are our primary options. On the other side, Luke is never in a bad spot per se, but there are certainly nights that he is not in the most favorable spot. Doesn't mean he can't still break the slate, but is this a good spot for Luca to you or are you staying away? 
No, there's there's other payup options that I prefer. Uh, not somebody who, once again, not a fade for me, but I'm underweight to the field of my initial builds. He's projected for a little over 20% ownership on FanDuel and then on DraftKings right now projected for 12% ownership. I'm in single digit ownership on him on uh, both slates, uh, both sites on my, on my first builds. So Luca, another guy who I, I don't really think is going to be a priority for me. Kristaps uh, Porzingis, I have a mild amount of interest in at power forward on FanDuel just because of the potential for his defensive stats. He's always been a guy who's a better FanDuel play than DraftKings play just because of the three points as opposed to two points for steals and blocks. So mm-hmm. Porzingis, I'll get to a little bit on FanDuel, but beyond that, not really a whole lot that stands out to me from the Dallas side. Theo says, uh, George getting faded like my haircut, LOL. <laughs> I think Leonard could be a sneaky GPP pay, uh, play, says Antoine. So some people still, some thoughts on that game. Get your questions in if you have any, obviously. Hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. About 500 people watching here with us, and we've got a few games still left to cover. Want to remind you, you can stay up to date. It's, it's what we harp on, really. Stay up to date on all the latest NBA DFS news with uh, our Osmo NBA Twitter handle that is at Osmo NBA. Our guy News God, who's hanging out here in the chat as well, as always, will be delivering the latest on injuries, starting lineups, minutes restrictions, and more daily before lock. Before uh, you know, make sure you give that Osmo NBA Twitter handle a follow. Give News God a follow as well. It's uh, News God. That's N E W Z God underscore DFS. And uh, this, I mean, really, the second anything is relevant, News God has it. And we'll post it on Twitter. We'll post it to the Osmo NBA page. We'll post it to the Slack channels. So you want to be aware of it. Make sure you give a follow there and uh, check out today's deep dive deep uh, with, uh, uh, of course, our guy ship my money, the deeper dive article, which is free this season must read if you are playing NBA DFS because it is it's what we're doing in the written form. It is a an extensive breakdown of every single game, both sides, both teams, but even more updated because it gets written a little bit later on in the day. And of course, as things break, the article gets updated from there. So you want to be aware of all that great information coming at you. Let's go to our next game here, and that is Indiana and Denver here. And uh, well, look, I love playing Sabonis. He's another one of those guys that I'm just I'm always drawn to him, but. I don't feel like it's the best spot for him tonight, nor Malcolm Brogdon or uh, even Karis LeVert necessarily as a pay down guy. Depends probably which site you're looking at too, obviously, but um, really there's, there's no great play right now on the Pacers. I don't think. Well, Karis LeVert is almost min price on FanDuel. So uh, just play him in all of your, in all your lineups on FanDuel. Like there, there's no way to get away from Karis LeVert. And uh, so the, the other day he made his debut first game with the, uh, with with the Pacers, and he played 27 minutes his first game. He had a 31.6% usage rate, so everything was about as favorable as possible. Even though they said he wasn't going to have a minutes restriction, I didn't think Levert was going to play 27 minutes his first game back, coming back from uh, was he had a tumor in his kidney that had to be removed. So, I mean, I thought Karis Levert, even though he was starting, they said he didn't have a minutes restriction. I felt like, okay, I guess he'll play like 22 minutes or something like that. But no, he played 27 minutes. He had a massive amount of usage, so. We could only expect it to go up from there. So Karis LeVert, I have him playing 30 minutes today. That makes him by far the best play on FanDuel. And I don't care what the ownership is. It's He's going to be in all my lineups. It's impossible to get away from him. So LeVert on FanDuel, the 4,100 price tag is just ridiculous. I like how also last late also, they him at 3,900. And it was like, oh, like that's a ridiculous price tag for Karis LeVert. It's like, don't worry. We've upped it to 4,100. Mm-hmm. And then for reference, LeVert on DraftKings is at... 7,000. So 
he's almost twice as expensive on DraftKings that he is on FanDuel. So I agree on on DK. There's no reader, no reason to roster Levert, but uh, the best play on the entire FanDuel slate, no matter what his ownership is, absolutely have to play him in cash games as well. The other thing that's interesting about Levert, and obviously we don't have a whole lot of sample size here. He's only played 27 minutes with the team, but his usage rate was so high. It stands to reason he's going to take away from some of the other guys on the team. So uh, that's going to hurt Sabonis for me going forward from a fantasy standpoint. Malcolm Brogdon on FanDuel, I actually still think is viable because he's only 6,700, but Brogdon on DraftKings where he's priced at 7,400, I think that's a little bit too expensive now with Levert's in the mix. So Brogdon with his depressed FanDuel price is still in play for me. Sabonis, I'm going to stay away from. Levert, just lock and load him on FanDuel. Uh, Antoine Clark says, uh, Greg Kaufman, I can't lie. I like your guys' uh, strategy show. You actually go deep into both teams and also cover both sides when you'll explain. So uh, double salute to you guys. We're a lot. We're like Bret Hart, you know, the best there is, the best there ever was. Uh, right here. That reference is lost on me. Ah, God. I'm just I'm references are getting lost on Greg all day. Who who is who is that? Wrestler. Oh, see, that's that's why I'm like, and nah, I like I like real sports. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, you have just offended half of our audience, maybe three quarters of it, and you should see the look on Jordan's face. I'm yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know nothing about that that touch butt sport. Like I don't I don't know what go I don't know what goes on in <laughs> you just call it a touch butt sport. Yeah, is is that's they they wear they wear the tight outfits they hug each other like I don't know I just I just don't know anything about I don't know anything about wrestling I don't know I don't know any I know I know who the Rock is but I don't know I don't know other guys yeah just throw out the mainstreamers the you know the Rock and and Hulk Hogan and John Cena and Ric Flair and right Ric Flair you at least know Ric Flair yeah he yells and he's in he gets. woos yeah yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Denver here. Nick Jokic, great spot, projected for almost 60 points, 5X value. You could pay way down. Will Barton, he's basically half the price. You skip right over, obviously, Michael Porter, who is the bane of my existence. Most DFS nights, uh, Jamal Murray, another guy like that. Uh, is you know how, I, I know you love, obviously, Giannis and, and some of the other high-priced guys tonight. How much do you love the Joker here? Yeah, so uh, Jokic is my second favorite pay-up option. Uh, for, for the night, Giannis being number one by a pretty wide margin, but Jokic number two for me. So somebody that I'm going to be getting exposure to at a decent clip, especially if there's a bunch of value that opens up. Because if there's all of a sudden just like three, four really cheap plays that look really strong, then I'm going to be trying to jam Jokic and Giannis into lineups together. Uh, but as it stands right now, Jokic is my second favorite payup option before, uh, right, right after Giannis and then Nobody else it stands out from Denver. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, to me, all these guys are about fairly priced. The other thing also is that after we had Paul Millsap and Jamichael Green, those guys were both out part of the All-Star break. They're back. Uh, Campazzo, he was out for a minute. He's back in the rotation now. So uh, with some of these guys coming back, that, that cuts some of the the minutes and usage for these other guys on the wing. I feel like I'm, I've turn this chat into wrestling discussion at this point. Yes, the best there is, the best there ever was, the best there ever will be. Apologies for not doing the whole thing to the people out there. Really, I'm just not convinced we're the best there ever will be. We're, we're just, you know, <laughs> we're, we're living in the moment as things stand. Uh, you probably see the Osmo avatar all over the DFS leaderboards. And for good reason, folks, if you rock that avatar on your DFS profile, you will win a free month of Osmo Plus. Uh, when you place within the top three in any GPP of 5,000 plus entries, head over to awesomeo.com slash announcements slash avatar or simply Google search 
Osmo avatar for instructions on how to download the image. So we're uh, getting you in every way imaginable to, you know, to obviously draw you in to take advantage of all the great content that is available to you behind that uh, Osmo Plus paywall. And we encourage that you do it because again, I mean, winning money is fun, right? I think that's what you want to do. So let's keep going. we got a couple games left here in about 10 minutes to work with. The Grizzlies and the Suns, the next one. We start on the road, as we often do, and that is with Memphis here. Uh, you could take a look at, let's see, I mean, there's Jonas Valanciunas, not a great spot. John Morant, same deal. Uh, I don't re- I mean, there's really no one that jumps out at me right here uh, from Memphis, but how about you? Yeah, so Valanciunas is interesting uh, from an upside perspective because in three games since coming back from the All-Star break, he has played 30 minutes, 37 minutes, and 33 minutes. And Valanciunas has always been a really strong fantasy producer. He's been a great fantasy producer this year also, but his minutes are always a concern. It's always hard to know how much he's going to play for the season. He's scoring 36.5 DraftKings points per game, but only in 27.5 minutes. Now, all of a sudden, if he's going to be a guy that regularly plays over 30 minutes, then he's going to be a guy who's going to regularly score over 40 fantasy points if we give him that kind of playing time. So it's only three games. I don't know if the playing time is here to stay, but if it is, and with the Grizzlies pushing for a playoff spot right now, they're trying to force themselves into the play-in game, uh, then I think there's reason to think that we do see those extended minutes from Valanciunas. So he's going to be in my player pool on both FanDuel and DraftKings. A little bit more of a favorable play on FanDuel for me at 7,400. Uh, definitely stands out as a pretty uh, pretty good value play if we're going to give him uh, the minutes he's gotten in the last couple of games. I only gave him 31 minutes for now, uh, but I mean, there is upside for him to play 35 plus minutes because we've seen that since coming back from the All-Star break. So uh, just based on that upside, I think Valanciunas is worth getting exposure to. Wouldn't play him in the cash game just because there's so much variance in the minutes, uh, but at least for that kind of extended minutes in tournaments, uh, yeah, I think Valanciunas is somebody to get to if you're playing multiple lineups. We'll get to the other side of that game in a second. Not relevant to this game, but I want to ask the question because uh, it's been mentioned a couple of times here. Antoine says, Adam, Greg, what about Giannis and Jokic together right now, GPP FanDuel? Yeah, so it depends how much value opens up on the slate. Uh, it, it's a little easier to do on FanDuel right now just because we have Karis LeVert at almost mid-price. Uh, it's a little more difficult to do on DK right now. Um but yeah, I mean, if there is enough value that opens up to where I'm able to get two stars in the lineups, then that's going to be my preferred build is getting lineups with Giannis and Jokic together and just heavy stars and scrubs. Okay, going to Memphis, the other side of that Phoenix game, as mentioned, you could look beyond Chris Paul, Devin Booker, look to DeAndre Ayton, uh, Bridges, probably not Crowder or uh, guys like that. So it's, I don't know, Aiton Bridges are, are certainly in the best spot on DK, looking at those numbers in front of me here, both projected for almost five and a half X value by Alex. But who do you like tonight? Yeah, so I rarely roster guys on the Suns when Devin Booker and Chris Paul are both healthy. Uh, it's something I've said probably 80 times a season, but uh, basically we just have this deal where two very ball-dominant players playing together and they've just cannibalized each other's production this year. So in general, neither of them have had big games and they've been on the court at the same time. Now, with that said, FanDuel has priced Chris Paul all the way down to 6,800, and he currently projects for more ownership at point guard than any other player at the position. He's projected for about 30% ownership, and nobody else is... Luca's over 20%. He's the only other guy over 20%. So because of the price point on Chris Paul... I think that makes him viable on FanDuel. Now, with that said, I'm going to be underweight to the field, at least at his current ownership. If he's going to be the most popular point guard on the slate at right around or even north of 30% ownership, 
I'm I'm going to get to him less than that. He's going to be in my player pool. And for cash games, I definitely think that Chris Paul is somebody you want to have if he's going to be that popular. Uh, but as pivots, like we talked about Malcolm Brogdon before, it's 6,700, uh, at least relative to the ownership. I'd rather get to Brogdon or uh, potentially pay up a little bit more to get to somebody like DeJounte Murray if Derek White and DeMar DeRozan are out. Uh, so Chris Paul, it's a favorable price point, but the ownership is a little bit high for me, at least at this point in the day. Last game, and we go to the Lakers where, you know, LeBron James is questionable. He's always questionable. He's always expected to play when he is questionable. It's very rare that he gets ruled out. And as we know, no Anthony Davis. So, you know, typically in a good spot, that's no different tonight. 55-plus projected, uh, five, five-and-a-half-X value. Uh, Montrez Harrell is in a good spot for L.A. You could pay down uh, KCP. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, good spot. Um, you know, I'm never going to be drawn toward – Kuzma, Schroeder, Morris, I mean, it's very rare. So uh, is it a LeBron night, as we like to ask? Uh, well, just to clarify, he's not listed as questionable. He is probable to play. Ooh, uh, upgrade, so baby. The Yeah, he's been, he's been probable for, for a minute now. Uh, but uh, just so nobody thinks he has a chance to actually miss the game. Sure. Um, but, yeah, so LeBron – is a low priority play for me. I just, there's other guys I'd much rather pay up for uh, Giannis and Jokic way, way higher priorities for me than LeBron. So uh, LeBron, not somebody I think I'm going to get to all that much on this slate. Um, Kyle Kuzma, I think is actually viable for this slate just because his, um, his minutes have been up the last couple of games. So the last two games, Kyle Kuzma has played 31 and 34 minutes. So if he's going to play nor- nor- uh, north north of <laughs> if he's going to play north of 30 minutes then Kuzma I think is viable. He is currently priced at 5600 on FanDuel and on DraftKings he is priced at just so I have the uh, correct number he's priced at 6000. If he's going to play over 30 minutes as a guy who scores right around a fantasy point per minute then we're probably looking at around 35 fantasy points for Kyle Kuzma. So uh, if that's the case, I think that he's a good play on both FanDuel and DraftKings, uh, especially somebody who's not picking up all that much ownership. And then Montrose Harrell, I agree with you. I think that he's worth getting exposure to also because uh, we saw his minutes be kind of low for a little bit there. But now last couple of games, 33 and 32 minutes for Montrose Harrell. Uh, Marcus Soule remains out because he's in the health and safety protocol. And something else here, which does not seem significant, but actually does have some importance as far as it relates to Montrose Harrell. Uh, Jared Dudley tore his, his MCL and he is out. So Jared Dudley is not somebody who's playing a, like a massive amount of minutes, but the last three games he was active, he played 14 minutes, 11 minutes, 12 minutes. And the Lakers were going to him as a small ball center in a bunch of their lineups. And now they don't have that option. I think we have to expect that some of those minutes are going to go to Montrez Harrell. So that makes me feel a little bit better about Montrez Harrell's uh, production and his playing time. It's one of those things that's funny, though, is because Jared Dudley, you would not think of him as a fantasy-relevant player, and by himself, he isn't. Jared Dudley doesn't really matter. He doesn't matter to the Lakers. He doesn't matter to the team he's playing against. He has no relevance to the spread of the game. Like, Jared Dudley being out is not going to move the spread even a, a millionth of a, of a point. But him being out means that we could give Montrezl Harrell two to four extra minutes, and that makes him a much more viable DFS play. Yeah, people in the chat challenging each other, $100 head-to-heads. People are just getting after it tonight. Is, is, is this still about the wrestling thing? Uh, no, there there was some of that going on for a little while, I'm quoting their favorites. Uh, you've heard of Stone Cold Steve Austin, obviously, I, I assume. Yeah, I've seen him uh, drinking beers and, and gifts. See? Then then you know you know the gimmick. 
a lot of a lot of mentions for him in the chat. Let's get to 150 likes before we get out of here. We're basically there, and we're almost out of time. North of 500 people watching with us. Let's go to the other side of this game. Uh, Steph Curry, not the best spot projection-wise. Uh, you know, south of 50 points. Uh, Draymond Green, who's been better of late for sure. He's having himself a pretty good season, but not in the best spot. Really, there's nobody on the Warriors side that is in this must-play projection right now. That being said, again, I just kind of I, I do it. I'm not saying I'm going to play them. I probably won't. But a part of me does go back to just that narrative of like, man, this is this is when you get to that upper echelon of stars, the LeBrons, the Stephs, and, you know, guys like that take that, you know, those little in-game rivalries, the mano a mano, one-on-one, just so personally sometimes, at least if the game is close late there, you know, a guy just starts to, you know, absolutely go off. I wonder if we're going to see one of those nights where both these guys go for 60 plus fantasy points. It, it wouldn't be a shocker at all, especially on LeBron side. But, you know, Steph, as we know, we know what he's capable of shooting a rock. But um, that being said, anyone for Golden State that you're looking to get in there right now? Uh, James Wiseman is a FanDuel specific play. He's priced all the way down to 3,900. But here's one of the issues with this game. The, the Warriors are sixth in the league in defensive efficiency. The Lakers are first in the NBA in defensive efficiency. Then we also look at the expected pace of play for this game because uh, the Warriors are currently playing uh, at a pretty fast pace. They're actually second in the league in pace, but the Lakers are bottom 10 in the NBA in, uh, in possessions per game. And then we look at the total for this game. It's the second or third lowest on the slate. We have uh, 224 total. The only games that have a lower total are Spurs, Pistons, and Knicks, Nets. Other than that, Lakers-Warriors were not expecting a whole lot of scoring in this game, and the prices for a lot of these guys are still pretty significant. LeBron's expensive. Steph Curry's expensive. So the only player I'm looking at who I think is coming with a discount is James Wiseman at 3,900 on FanDuel. Uh, His place in the Warriors rotation isn't consistent, uh, but still we have to look at the massive price difference on him between FanDuel and DK. We're drafting he's at 5,100. FanDuel is only 3,900, and Wiseman has shown to be a really good points from a fantasy producer when he's on the court. So uh, I think that for his FanDuel price, there's a significant upside there that's going to want me to get to him. But uh, nothing else that really stands out. All right, before we go, I want to remind you, don't make a bet without shopping for the best odds first. Of course, talking about Odd Shopper, betting lines, they change by the minute, can vary greatly depending on which book you are using. That is why it's important to use the Osmo uh, Odd Shopper to find the very best line available to you on the game that you are betting on. Give you the edge to beat the house. Now head on over to Osmo or rather uh, oddshopper.osmo.com where we compile the best bets available for every game updated in real time. You can sign up for free today, track your bets, receive alerts when lines move. So uh, before we go, we can take a look at a couple. I was just scanning it as you were talking there. There's a lot of right now, uh, you know, point spread, totals, money line. It's all first quarter bets. Uh, so that I don't really think we need to dive into. But as far as player props tonight, uh, and just, you know, point totals. Let's see if anyone, De'Aaron Fox, 25 and a half. What do you think? How's that number to you? Uh, that's for his points, I assume, not his Correct. assists. Yeah, yeah I'll say uh, that'll be a little high for his assists. Uh, all right, De'Aaron Fox. I feel decently about the under in that one, even though this is a game that's uh, projected to have a whole bunch of uh, points scored, 239 total. I uh, still so have Fox projected a couple points below that 25-point uh, number. And then also, look at the recent games. They've been really high, but he's also had incredible efficiency, and that's probably going to take a little bit of a step back. So De'Aaron Fox, over his last couple of games, he has shot uh, right around 50% from the field. That's probably going to take a little bit of a step back. He's 
also um, been getting to the line a whole bunch, uh, 10 free throw attempts last game. That to me is a little bit unsustainable. So uh, De'Aaron Fox, I think the, the points was a little bit too high. Westbrook is at 24 and a half, but how about Beal in his return at 29 and a half? What do you think of that number? Uh, let's see. Bradley Beal. Um, I actually prefer the over on the scoring numbers for Bradley Beal. So okay. one thing that's been pretty interesting for him is even with Westbrook on the court this year, like I thought we were going to see Bradley Beal take a big step back in his usage rate, but that hasn't been the case. He leads the league in scoring. He's 35.5% usage this year. Somehow it's actually slightly up playing with Russell Westbrook this year. And just the, the, the fallout of that is nobody else touches the ball for the wizards. Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, they take like 75% of the shots when they're on the court. And then beyond that, we just don't see production from anybody else. So, Bradley Beal uh, averaging 32.1 points per game, 35.5% usage rate, leads the NBA in scoring. So Bradley Beal actually have a slight lean towards the over on the 29 and a half. All right. Well, I think that'll take us to the end of uh, this preview of tonight's eight-game slate. We remind you there's a lot coming up over the course of the day here today. You got uh, unrelated to the NBA, the PGA DFS first look at 2 o'clock, three hours from now, of course, on the Osmo YouTube page. After that, NHL strategy show at 3. And then you dive back into NBA with the tip-off at 4 and uh, NBA deeper dive at 5 o'clock, 6, NBA live before lock. And then, of course, later on for a couple games, you have the NBA late slate live before lock. That is at 6. 30 i assume that we will see you on once again later today yeah i think i mean we did a little schedule shuffling but i think i'm doing the live before lock tonight uh almost but i'm like, I'm like 90 percent positive excellent well like i said thank you all for being here with us hit the like on your way out the door and uh, go back review because things are not irrelevant yet you still got a few hours that you can go back and bask in the greatness not only of bret hart but in uh, all of the great insights that you learned along the way, our thanks to our producer, Jordan. That's that smiling guy. I don't, I don't know how he does it. He is, you want to talk happy. That man is always in a good mood. We appreciate him. And we appreciate Robert Williams almost as much as we appreciate Greg. I'm Adam Kaufman. I'll be back with you on Thursday with Josh. Same time, same show. You will see Greg about a thousand times before that because he is a big wig. He's a big deal around here. And we like to get him out there uh, to you. I was going to say expose, and people are going to take that just an entirely different place. And after all the HD porn talk earlier, I don't think we need to go there, Greg. No, I think I think big wig. That was a, that was a hair joke, right? Uh, not intentionally, but if you <laughs> wanted to go there with it, I'm good. <laughs> See you later.